You are listening to the Gold Street Garden Church Podcast with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Dominic Butler, and I'm so excited to share with you that we're getting ready to launch a church in Clearwater, Florida. The church is called Gold Street Garden Church. We are just exuberant over everything that is taking place. Things are, everything's lining up. We The building's in place. We got all these different things, outsources, everything's lining up right where we need to. And the Lord really placed it on my wife and I's heart to put these podcasts together to express the vision of the church. And the, the vision of the church is simply experience Jesus, express Jesus, exalt Jesus. And we're going to take today, today is actually the third part of this series. So if you haven't watched the first one, which was experience Jesus, the second one was express Jesus, we have links that'll lead you there from goldstreetgarden.com. Make sure you watch those because it really plays into what today is. But you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to go watch them right now. You can just stay in tune for this one and then watch them later if you haven't already. The other thing I want to say is that if you, as I just gave that plug, if you want information on the the service times where we'll be meeting um, in Clearwater, uh, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com and all that information will be there. We're super excited to launch down there. And uh, we've been rallying troops up that are ready to go down there and just invade the city with the love of Jesus and preach the gospel and see signs, wonders, and miracles, healing manifestations. Uh, we're just, we're just over the top. That's how I can say it. I'm, I'm even losing. I don't even know all the words I have for the excitement that we're that we have for this. But what we want to do today is we want to talk about exalting Jesus. So before we do that, I just want to open up with a word of prayer, because there's no way we're going to talk about exalting Jesus without exalting Him. So that's what we're going to pray right now. We're just going to love on Him. And I just invite you, wherever you're at right now, to just, let's just uh, close our eyes and let's just focus on Him unless you're driving. (laughs) Let's just focus on Him. Father, we just thank You for Your sweet presence. Holy Ghost, we thank You that You are our resolve. You're the reason we're complete. You're the reason that we're satisfied, yet we long for more because of how beautiful you are. We thank you that you're so inexhaustible, but yet in a moment we find so much content, more than we can even handle. Lord, we thank you that you would just use me to speak your truth. I thank you that every listener would experience your presence through this podcast, that they would not just hear good pointers on life, but they would hear who life is himself. And that's you. That's your son, Jesus. We thank you for this time that my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, ready to write on the tablets of hearts. Lord, I thank you that as we go through the scriptures on exalting Jesus, that people would have a greater revelation on the necessity of lifting Jesus up over everything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, we love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this. So I've been breaking these podcasts down kind of as a questionnaire to the Holy Spirit. I, I really have 
equivalated it to the process of me interviewing the Holy Ghost. And God gave me the vision. So now I've been asking the Lord, how do I make this vision work? How do I explain this vision? And there's so much in my heart that I want to say, but I want to make sure I'm getting it purely from Him and not just an excited idea. And the questions that I have are very similar to the questions we've been asking, very current events style. And what is exalting Jesus? Why is exalting Jesus important? And how do I exalt Jesus? And we're going to answer these questions, and it might not be super candid the way that we go about it. I'll probably be answering these questions just in the formality of uh, as I minister and talk about it, as the Holy Ghost just ministers through me. But what I want to do, if we could just turn, if you have your Bibles or uh, your phones, whatever would work, if you go to John chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 29, if you go there, I wanted to say this before we read that, that exalting Jesus is allowing your life to be an arrow that points to his great name. That's what exalting Jesus is. And that's why our previous podcast was about expressing Jesus. And exalting Jesus is literally the the methodology in which expresses Jesus. When you exalt him in a situation, he is then expressed through that. And I cannot tell you how many times, uh, even a testimony in my own life, I remember there was a time uh, where finances were difficult with my wife and I and in, in, in a, a, pr- a previous home we were at. And I was talking to the Lord and I was praying about some things that I needed. And the Lord like really arrested me. And I felt like this grievance of like the Holy Ghost was reminding me that I hadn't really had invested a lot of time with him. And that I put it in the best terms I can is that he missed me. He missed having that time with me. And I remember I began to weep and I told the Lord that, Lord, I'm sorry that I I realized even the reason I'm in certain struggles I am is because I've been trying to make things happen and then just trying to sign your name to the end of my day uh, without being able to like give you free reign all day long. And when I prayed that prayer and I began to exalt him, began to go after his presence, that day, literally the same day, I got home later that evening and I was expecting a few things in the mail. And my wife said, uh, um, you know, somebody drove by and it was a, a, mute, a friend of ours, drove by and handed an envelope and gave it to me. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that's cool. And then when I opened that envelope, there was there was $9,000 in that envelope. And the Lord immediately showed me that, that all that happened in the day that I returned my affection to him, he made a way. I didn't even ask for a specific amount of money. I didn't ask for any of these things. But the Lord, when you invest time with him, he, he makes a way everywhere else. He, you know, sometimes we're like, God, I just need an open door. Well, he is the door. God, I, I just want to know the way. He is the way. God, I just need more light on this. He is the light. You know, it's it's so many times we're like trying to find answers, not realizing that they're all found in the eyes of Jesus. And sometimes we're like, well, you're just being over-spiritual. Well, well, am I? Is that is that what God would say, that we're being over-spiritual, emphasizing Jesus? Is that is that being over-spiritual or is that what Christianity is? You know, we hear statements like, you're so heavenly-minded, you're no earthly good. Well, the earth is no good because heaven hasn't invaded it. 
fully. So we need heavenly mindset. Now, I do understand there's people that get way too extreme in an area where they they get caught up in their own experience instead of his experience. And that's why when you just keep when the word and his presence are just in perfect harmony, when I experience him, I want to find him more in scripture. And as I find him more in scripture, I want to experience him more in my everyday life. And that's how it's supposed to be. It's not what's more. In, and I've heard ministers saying, I do want to bring this up, that like when you look back throughout the Bible, the voice of God always comes from the presence of God, which you could say that an, that's why an experience with God is even more important than just reading something on a page. Because even when Moses was called by the Lord, it was when Moses turned aside and he saw a burning bush that when he gave attention to the presence, the voice came out of it and called to him. Same thing with, you know, the disciples when when they saw what heard, and that's what we're going to read in a second, but the first disciples, when they heard who Jesus was and saw, they went to him and then he said, follow me. So it's like in order to, to know what he's about, you need to have an experience with his presence. And that's why we're, that's why the, the heart of this ministry is to give people an experience with him through our experiences. Like the woman at the well, when she had that experience with Jesus in John chapter four, she had she had five husbands, previous husbands, and then the one that she was currently, you know, uh, with intimately was not even her husband. So she had six husbands, and Jesus shows up on the scene as the seventh man, the perfect, the seventh man. And he, she, he has an experience with her. And actually, that woman was the first person that Jesus actually revealed his messiahship to, revealed himself as the Son of God to her. Uh, first person. And then she goes and shares that experience with her whole town. And then the whole town is amazed because they see the change in her, but then they want to hear Jesus for themselves. And then at the end of John chapter four, the crowd says this, we, we believed when we, we believed when we heard your testimony, but now we have heard him for ourselves. We have heard him for ourselves. And that's the thing about an experience is that it leads to the expression. And then the expression we are exalting him. Now everybody's exalting him and their eyes are fixed on this amazing man, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. So I say all that to say as we get into this, that exalting Jesus is allowing our heart to, or allowing our life to be an arrow pointing at his name. And that's why exalting is a posture of the heart. And it's the perfect posture of the heart to say. So I'm going to read this passage to you and I just want to um, break it down. Um, in John chapter 1, starting verse 29, this is John the Baptist seeing Jesus come as he's baptizing people in a water. You know, it's so funny. Sometimes we forget how crazy and ridiculous things are in the Bible. Like nobody was baptizing people before this. So there's just this crazy guy named John the Baptist eating locust and and like honey out in the, uh, you know, out in the woods, just some like crazy crazy hick out there just doing things and he's he's uh eating locusts and doing all these things and he's like the kingdom of god is at hand repent of your sins and let me you know put your head under water you know it's like it's like what is this guy talking about but he had so much result because he heard from the lord and he was giving people an experience that he had and even though it seemed crazy to people 
They couldn't deny that the weight that was on his voice and the weight that was in what he was doing. And that's why it's so important we're familiar with him intimately because God is doing things in the earth now that we might, it might not be what we're used to in a, a church that we go to or meetings we've been a part of, but if it lines up with his character, but it's just something maybe we haven't, we're not familiar with. That's why if we're familiar with him, we won't, we won't miss a beat even if it's something unfamiliar to our flesh or unfamiliar to our soul, if we're familiar with him and our communion, then we'll be ready for anything he wants to do. And that's the whole point. It's not just to know a whole bunch of things about him and just try to get to heaven. It's to know him so intimately that heaven is literally around us everywhere we go. Um, and, you know, we've heard, I've heard ministers say that Jesus didn't die to get us to heaven, but he died to put heaven inside of us. And that's so true. It's so true that God wants to do something now, not wait till the by and by where everything's better. No, God wants to show mankind the reality of his presence and how even in the midst of chaos that his presence and love can, can shine and be exalted and rectify so many things. So in this passage, John the Baptist, it says this, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The thing that's so powerful about that statement is as soon as John saw Jesus, what did he say? Everyone, behold him. He didn't say, everyone, this is the guy, you know, he, he's going to give you this and give you this. He just, he does state that he takes away the sins of the world because he needs to state that the things that have hindered you from beholding him, he's going to take that away too. But the first thing John the Baptist says when he sees Jesus coming is he says, everyone, look at him. What is exalting Jesus? Looking at him not looking at other things. So what is exalting Jesus? It's beholding him, looking at him. How, you're like, how do I do that? Well, you have to look at him with your heart. That's why closing our eyes is so powerful because it shuts down the natural sense of what we're seeing and it opens the eyes of our heart and gives them a, a platform to begin to view Jesus and see him for who he is. So beholding Jesus, is exalting Jesus what it is. And then as we keep reading, it says this. He says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came, to bap I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Real quick here. John the Baptist didn't, when Jesus came, the sign that, it, that he was the Messiah, that he was who God spoke to John the Baptist, was that the Spirit of God would descend and not just because in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon, come upon priests, kings, and prophets, but they, it wouldn't remain on them. It would come upon them for specific things that God wanted to do in the earth. He would use those offices and they would, the Spirit would come upon them for a, a, a time period or for a moment of God intervention, but the Spirit of God remained on him and rested upon him. And this is what we've been talking about, that experiencing Jesus, expressing Jesus and exalting Jesus is when we make it all about him, 
God's presence finds a place to rest when we make everything about him and not about us. He can't rest where motives are impure and where things are. He has to rest. Uh, rest happens, and that's there's so much that goes into that that we'll have to, you know, when we do podcasts down the road, we'll get more into some of that. But I just wanted to bring that he saw the Spirit rest upon him, and the Spirit rested upon Jesus because he was exalting God every day. He was living for God, so the Spirit rested where God was exalted. Now, this is the, the main scripture I want to read. And now in uh, verse 35, it says this, Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. So he sees Jesus again, and as soon as he sees him, what does he say? Behold him. Behold him. And the thing that's so powerful is the next verse, too, it says that two of the disciples, two of John the Baptist's disciples, heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Now, the thing that's so the reason I bring this up for exalting Jesus, it's so powerful, is John the Baptist had a ministry. He had followers, people that were in his ministry. But what he did is he exalted Jesus so much that he talked about this Messiah. He talked about how amazing he was, how good he was, that soon as Jesus manifested, he told all of his disciples who he was, and his disciples actually left him and followed Jesus. Now, in today's culture, if that happened, like if a church, uh, if people started following somebody else, you know, how how much of an uproar would that bring sometimes internally? Like, you know, how dare they, you know, I've done this. I, you know, John the Baptist is the one that's been pouring into him. But the thing is, is that John the Baptist is actually revealing to us what perfect ministry is, is that it's when you exalt Jesus to such a degree, people don't follow you, they follow Jesus. That's really good. That's so good news that when you exalt him in your life so much that people people aren't following Dr. Dominic and Jackie Butler as their, their, our, our guidance and our leadership, you know, as the Holy Spirit gives, but they're not following us. They're following Jesus in us. They're following Jesus because all we're going to do is point them to him. And that's what John the Baptist shows here. He shows us the perfect example of exaltation is constantly beholding and pointing to him. And when you do that, Nobody will cling to you, they'll cling to him. That's just good. It's just good news. It takes the pressure off because he's perfect. And then uh, I wanted to say this too because I, I feel like this is really important to be said that there's so many people that are trying to fight bad behavior or bad habits they have by just trying to have positive thinking or just trying to replace a bad habit with a, a hobby or things of that nature. It's so important that we realize that exalting Jesus, um, an example that I've been giving to a lot of people is there is there's certain, you know, sin that have that has been in my life and I've noticed that when I've tried to like vow to God I'm not going to do this again. First off, that's a horrible statement because remember Peter said I will never deny or I will not deny you. How did that work out for him? You know, he ended up denying Jesus because whenever you make a vow to God without God, if you how can you make a promise to God who has already promised you everything? You need to tap into what he has for you instead of trying to do it on your own. Now, the way that I've 
the way that sin has continued to be stripped off of my life and bad decisions is I choose to exalt him. And then I've noticed months go by and the, the Holy Spirit will remind me, you know, you haven't struggled with that in six months. And I haven't thought about it or anything because I've been allowing him to consume my my thought process, my my priorities. And sin only finds way in your life when when he isn't enough. And some and sometimes that's the problem is we've limited God to a church experience or to reading, just reading the Bible or just praying here when God wants you to experience him in everyday life. And there will always be an appetite for something when you don't allow him to satisfy the hunger that only um, can be fulfilled in your heart by him. And our heart's always looking for things. And uh, the world has done a, a, a a, a job, haven't they, of putting so much before us with entertainment and things like that, that there's so many distractions, not realizing that he is the most entertaining one. And when you understand that, you lose your appetite for the things of this world because you see how temporal and minuscule they really are compared to him. And I say that before this statement, exalting Jesus isn't the refusal to look at anything else. It's literally the lost desire to look at anything else. I'm going to say that again because it's a big statement. Exalting Jesus isn't the refusal to look at anything else. It's literally the lost desire to look at anything else. And why is that? Because when you behold him for who he really is, it, it exposes how imperfect and unsatisfying everything else is. That's what exalting Jesus is. When I behold him, I've, I, everything else is exposed as a counterfeit satisfier of my heart. I'm going to say that again. When you exalt him, it exposes everything else as a counterfeit satisfier of, of my heart, of your heart. So exalt, what is exalting? It's the positioning of your heart. We've talked about this in previous podcasts about um, surrender. And uh, another word for surrender, um, the embodiment of surrender, uh, biblically, is humility. And Humility is so important because Jesus literally came to this earth to show us the perfect posture of a, a human, a man, woman's heart, and that is a the position of humility. Jesus could have came to this earth and said, "Hey, I'm God. Everybody, listen to me. You know, uh, you know, shut your mouth. You know, like uh, he could have like walked around and did things like that, but he operated from a, a position of humility and. You know, did he did he have to speak up and call people out? Absolutely, he did. But he called people out that said they knew him, but really didn't. He didn't call out people that just didn't know him at all. He called out the hypocrites. He called out um, in those type of arenas. So I I bring all that up. The positioning of the heart it's very important. Uh, a humility. And then uh, we've brought this up before, but once again, bringing it up. Uh, James four eight says, "If you draw near to God, He will draw near to you." That is the that is such a beautiful. Uh, personification of exalting Jesus is drawing near. Um, so many times we hear the phrase, I'm waiting on God. Well, waiting on God can be defined in so many people's minds very differently. And waiting on God isn't, I'm, I'm waiting on an answer. Waiting is actually drawing an answer to you because waiting, really waiting on God is drawing near to him and continuing to draw near to him because the answer you're always waiting for is a greater revelation of who he is. Um, 
I feel like it's so important I, I make this statement that so many times we're looking for new revelation when it's not new revelation we need we just need greater revelation of of what we already know to be true about him and uh really the 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 only revelation we need to know because what did Jesus said to Peter, he said, upon this revelation, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom and all these things. And, you know, whatever you uh, bind on earth shall be bound. Like he, he tells them everything that the church is supposed to do. And it's based off one revelation, who he is. So it's not that you need new revelation. You just need a greater revelation of who he is. You don't need to find new methodology. You don't need to find, you don't need to hear a new sermon on a new topic. Um, you need to be led on who's, uh, you know, ministering to you and make sure that it's the the heart of God being flown through that that oracle. But the biggest thing is we need a greater revelation of Him. And the only way you can have a greater revelation of Him is if you're constantly beholding and exalting Him. He's first in my life. I've given this example before. I, I remember, I don't know if you guys uh, remember this being in school or you've done this with children before, but does anybody remember a single file line? <laughs> It's like everybody get a single file line. You're out, Johnny. Get back in line. You know, it's like, a, um, you know, you get, you know, you get in detention or you know, whatever. You don't get chocolate milk for lunch or what. I don't know, whatever. But, <laughs> but anyway, the bottom line is that in a single file line, whoever's in the front of that line, if there were, if somebody had like a water gun and there was a single file line and somebody starts spraying, you know, facing that line. The first person that's going to get hit is who's ever first in that line. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.33 that to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. The mistake we make in life, and sometimes it's very subtly and we don't realize it um, for those that are believers and those that are not, um, I, you know, I believe that an experience with God will change everything for you. And you will want to know him the way that I'm speaking about him in an intimate way. But in a single file line... God needs to be first in your life because when an attack of the enemy comes or something in, in, in the world, just whatever it would be, would attack, if God is not first, whatever is first going to get attacked. So if you put your family above God, if an attack comes, your family's vulnerable. If you put yourself first, you're vulnerable to be attacked. And what the devil loves to do is he likes to convince us that God's first, but he's really just a close second. And it doesn't say if you seek close secondly the kingdom of God. It says you've got to seek first. And how do I seek first? It's by including him in everything that I do. And that shouldn't be a taxing thing if you really know who he is. It should be a, a privilege to invite him into everything that I'm doing. So I say all that to just continue to say that waiting on God, exalting God, is it's the fact that we're, as we draw near, He draws near to us. And if we draw near, that's why the, we're, we're told to magnify Him, because God can't get any bigger than He already is, but as you draw near, He becomes bigger to you. And that's what we want to do, is as we, we magnify Him by drawing near, because as I walk closer, as I get closer to Him, I see more about him. I see more of his his traits. I understand the way he he breathes, the way he the way that he what makes him tick, what all those things. So as I draw near, he becomes bigger to me. 
And that's what I need in order to have any type of impact in this life and to be the husband I'm called to be, to be the father I'm called to be, to be the friend I'm called to be, to be the pastor that I'm called to be. I need to constantly draw near to him and allow him to be his, the revelation of him to be the, the source of all that I do. So uh, with that being said, a couple things, the other questions we have are, we just, I think we creamed what is exalting Jesus there. So uh, why is exalting Jesus important? We've been already hitting on it, but just to bring some more uh, context to that, I want to share a, a little bit more of a sobering thing. Well, actually, no, we'll do two things. It's all good. If you go, if you go to Luke chapter 10, um, there's a very uh, popular story about two women named Mary and Martha. And in this story, Jesus comes to their house. Well, they actually, um, Martha invites Jesus in. And uh, the main scripture I want to read here is that Mary and Martha had two very different perspectives. And when Jesus came, that Martha believed it was time to start doing a whole bunch of things uh, to accommodate Jesus, whereas Mary decided to sit at his feet. And I want to read the scripture because when Martha was a little upset that Mary wasn't helping her do things, Jesus gives a response to both of their perspectives and both of their choices. And Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, who was worried about Mary, says, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Make sure you underline that or keep that. One thing is needed. Did he say a whole bunch of things are needed? He does not. He says one thing. Whenever Jesus says one thing, you better listen up because it is very key and crucial. It's imperative. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Why is exalting Jesus important? What did Jesus choose to do? She chose to exalt him and not do anything else until she heard his words. The Bible, the psalmist says that your name is like honey on my lips. And it's the fact that we have to understand that being in a moment with Jesus, it's so important that we be with him rather than do things for him. Because if we don't be with him first, everything we do is done with the wrong motive. It's done with uh, a busy mindset instead of a, a, a relationship mindset. I'm doing this because Jesus told me to do it and he, I'm going to do it with him rather than, that's why Mary, it says she chose this one thing and it won't be taken from her. So every time you exalt Jesus, the reason why it's important is because every time you exalt Jesus, you, you gain a greater revelation of who he is and that revelation cannot be taken from you. That's why we need to exalt him. That's why we need to. And the other thing I wanted to bring up that's a little more sobering that the Lord actually recently revealed to me and I really felt led to bring it up is we were actually, we just brought up the same chapter, but we're going to get to the latter part of it in Matthew 16. After Jesus had that revelation of who, after Peter has the revelation of who Jesus is, and Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build your, build my church. Jesus then says this in uh, uh, verse 20, 21 of Matthew 16, he says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. So that's not good news to your good friends. Like if I went to all my good friends and be like, hey, in a few days I got to be killed 
and be uh, like, you know, it's like, that's not how Jesus did it, obviously, but I'm just letting you know, like, I'm giving a, an, an extreme, but nonetheless, the content of what he was saying was very alarming to the people around him, which were the disciples. And so after Peter even just had a great revelation and heard from God, it said Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. First off, <laughs> I bet Peter is, Peter is uh, not super happy that that ended up in the Bible because we get to all the, but he's probably, I, I just joke about that because he's, I know he's completely cool with it because it doesn't matter to him. He's, he's thankful his life was an example to point us to Jesus. But the fact that Peter took Jesus aside to rebuke him is just like, that's like one of those things, like if you're watching a movie, you're like, oh no, they didn't. Or, you know, like, oh no, like that is a bad idea. They definitely don't see how bad that idea is. So Peter took him aside and rebuked him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now, the thing was, why did Peter say this? Peter wasn't saying this out of, uh, he was saying this because he doesn't want Jesus to leave. He loves Jesus. Um, he loves Jesus's flesh, his body being there. He loves his physical presence being with him. And he's saying this out of a, out of a human emotion. But right after this, this is so critical with exalting why exalting Jesus is important because this is how Jesus responds to Peter. He doesn't call him Peter, actually. He says, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, he says this, but this is the most important phrase of this particular passage. He says, you are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So why is exalting Jesus important? Because if you don't exalt him, you will exalt the thoughts of man. And if you exalt the thoughts of man, it's literally just been revealed in scripture that if all you do is think about yourself, you think just like the devil. And exalting Jesus frees you from the burden of trying to figure situations out by yourself and try to figure, exalting him, all the answers lie in that exaltation. So I wanted to bring up that sovereign thing, a couple uh and then um, I wanted to bring up these quotes. You know, the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you exalt Jesus, the less you're going to be uh, fall into temptation, the less you're going to fall into these things. So exalt, why, is it in, why is exalting important? Because it, it just knocks off so many burdens and knocks these things off without you even having to try. That's why actually a scripture that literally just came to me that we all know really well is uh, Hebrews 12, which verse 1 where it says literally what we're saying. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto the author and finisher of our faith. So how do you lay all those things aside? By looking at him. So as you look at him, all those things that you're trying to do on your own, just by beholding him, those things actually just fall off of you. And he gives you the uh, the wisdom and you you begin to relationally with him deal with the the, the weaknesses and the, the strongholds that have and the burdens in your life and you get them removed together and you get to the root of them instead of just putting surface confessions over them and things like that. So uh, with that being said, I, once again, I feel like we, we've really answered that. So uh why is exalting Jesus important? We've really hit on that. One other quote I want to give you that I love that is just 
sticking out to me as in some of my notes here is whenever there's a competition for your affection, your exaltation is another way. Whenever there's a competition for your affection between the Lord and something else, that struggle is the revealer of what you haven't discovered in his presence. Competition for your heart's affection completely ends when you see him. So why would we say that? Because if you feel like there's a struggle to get into the presence of God because you actually really want to do something else or you really like spending a lot of like ample hours of the day doing something that's actually not that uh, profitable at all, the way that you stop doing that is not by saying, I'm going to stop this or whatever. It's just in that struggle, it's revealed to you, it's revealed to your heart that you haven't found everything you need in his presence yet. And that when you go back to his presence, he will show you how to find the things that you're looking for from other sources in him because it's so beautiful. Last thing to ask, to uh, answer plainly, how do I exalt Jesus? I, uh, we've already brought up the secret place. You get alone with God. Jesus said, shut the door behind you, get alone and exalt him. That's one method. The way you, the, the, the basic way to exalt him though, is just to be ever conscious of him. So like, um, uh, Colossians, uh, three, two says, set your minds on things above. Uh, you know, even before we got this video together, you know, um, uh, Justin, who's helping me make these videos, he, he was setting the thermostat. What was he setting the thermostat? He was setting the thermostat so that a temperature would be uh, stayed at. And that's what we do when we set our minds. We set our minds like, I'm giving an example of a thermostat. We set our minds on something. So when we set our minds on something, that even when there's uh, other temperatures or other climates trying to uh, chase, that the thermostat's job is to fight to keep that temperature. So if you keep your mind on him, he will fight off all the things that are fighting for your affection because you'll keep your mind set on him. So it's a conscious decision. The other thing is um, that I want to close with, and uh, I want to quote a quote that I want to bring up too with the secret place with prayer. Allow your prayer life to be more focused on your motives than your objectives. I really want to say that again. Base your prayer life content mainly around your motives above your objectives. Because if your motives are pure, God will actually give you greater objectives than you even can think of. Because if he can work with a pure heart, he will give you pure, tangible manifestations of his presence in everything you do. And the world is going to, is longing for that. So, the last scripture in closing is Psalm 46.10, and then we'll pray. Thank you guys again for joining in with us, and I just want to once again, I want to say this actually before we, we close out um, with even this scripture is if you, uh, if you feel led to sow or give into everything that we're doing uh, with Gold Street Garden Church and Clearwater, there's going to be links that you can sow into financially if you even want to get involved and say, I want to be a part of this thing. I want to be a part of this church and I want to come to the services and be a part of what God's going to be doing. Um, and like I said, I've laid out the vision. We're about experience Jesus, experiencing Jesus, expressing Jesus, and exalting Jesus. And that is our vision. And I've laid those, those uh, points out thus far. And if you feel led to sow into those, I, I just, uh, I pray that, uh, that, you would understand how valuable uh, that seed is 
in God's eyes. And just because if I told you all the things that God's revealing to me, which we are going to continue to do, there's going to be such a revolutionary understanding of who God is that is about to blast clear water. And uh, we're just so excited to just begin to do outreaches down there to begin uh, loving on that community, making uh, waitresses at what restaurants, managers at restaurants and different businesses down there know the love of God. We're going to express him everywhere by exalting him. And that this is the last verse I want to read in closing. You can go to goldstreetgarden.com for those links or they'll be presented in somewhere on the social media platform that you're watching from. So uh, this last verse sums up how do I exalt Jesus? Be still and know that I am God. Then, what does it say after that? I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted to the earth. So bringing everything full circle to the experience and expression. When you are still, when you shut everything down and you just turn your heart's affection towards him, when you're still, then you will know he is God. And once you know he is God, the byproduct of knowing who he is is he gets exalted among the nations and he gets exalted in the earth. So exaltation is the response of an experience with him. And as you exalt him, you're expressing him. So you see, that's why this vision is so important to us because it breaks down the simplicity of the gospel. It's all about Jesus experiencing Jesus, his presence is so tangible, it's so real, it's expressing Jesus because we need to tell the world how amazing he is, but we can't just tell them, they need to experience him through our expression. Then we continue to exalt him and as we exalt him, we experience him again, then we express him again. It's, it's the most beautiful cycle and thank you guys for watching. I just wanna close in prayer. And uh, once again, if you haven't watched the other ones, we'll have them available. And stay stay up to date with our progress and the service times and everything we're doing, goldstreetgarden.com. We love you guys. You can actually follow myself on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll find a way to provide those things that you can follow us on those. And then my wife, Jackie Butler as well. We love you guys. I'm going to end in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your sweet, tangible presence that is here right now. Lord, I thank you that lives are being touched right now, that people are coming to know you in a greater way. The Bible says in order to be born again, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. If you don't know Jesus is Lord right now, just with your heart, not just your mouth, let, your, let it come from deep down in you and say, I want to know you more, God. I accept you as my Lord. My way hasn't got me anywhere. Oh, we thank you. We thank you for the lives that are being touched. Father, right now, anybody that's dealing with physical ailments, Lord, I thank you there's no distance in the spirit. I thank you that healing is on people's bodies right now, that that healing is being manifested in people's lives by your presence that is here, that it, there's no distance in the spiritual realm. It's going into the hearts of the listeners. We thank you for this church, Lord, Gold Street Garden, that, Lord, that you're going to, that so much opportunity, influence is going to be given 
to us to have impact in that city and beyond as you unveil the vision as we even go on a, a more national level and then international. Thank you for what you're doing. You're such a good, good father. Thank you that we experienced you. We're expressing you and we're exalting you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Love you guys. See you next time.